Dayton Flyers basketball fans, it's time to get loud. It's the Talking Out Loud pregame show right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM. We now send you to Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street with your host, Sully. Back. This is Talking Out Loud. We're live on ESPN 1410 Radio and iHeartRadio. If you're in town, out of town, you have plenty of options to listen to us, but we appreciate you tuning in for an hour and a half of Flyers pregame coverage here at Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street. I am joined, as I often am, by my co-host, Drew. Drew, you're pretty flyered up for a Friday night SMU game, aren't you? You have a little fan section. Here I do have a bit like. of a fan section here yeah. tonight. That's great to see. Great That's to nice. see everybody out here tonight. Uh, a very dreary, grayish kind of day. Feels like a college basketball Friday. Feels like a it? very classic Dayton basketball day, right? Yep. We always get overcast. We get cloudy. Uh, a little bit warmer for all you people making the trip into town. I even heard there was mumbles that people were going to tailgate today. That's a little crazy for that's, me. That's new. It is. It is. I hadn't heard that before. You know, Friday night college basketball games in November would not mean much in most parts of the country. But we're not most parts of the country around here, are we, Drew? It's, uh, it's a little bit of a different feel around here. People are gassed up for this non-con game against the SMU Mustangs in the first game of a home-and-home series, which will take us into next year. Flyers are going to go back down to Dallas to return the favor to the SMU Mustangs. But before that happens, they have to take the floor here in Dayton. Um, You know, just to to start the show tonight, uh, Drew, and again, appreciate all you sticking around with us for 90 minutes tonight. We'll uh, be on the air until 6.30 when we head across the river to UD Arena. But wanted to start there tonight, Drew, is that um, it's a big Friday night non-con game for the simple fact that we don't really get a lot of those here in Dayton. Uh, and when we do have non-con games on weekends, it's usually against Southeastern Directional State University that Dayton's supposed to win by 25. So um, you know, the landscape in college basketball kind of lends itself to these games popping up on the schedule for UD. Um, but I think it's it's a a necessary game to put early on in the schedule because no one should be expecting SMU to be a top 25 team. I don't even really expect them to be a tournament team, but they're not Lindenwood. They're not Southeast Louisiana State who's coming to the arena in a couple of weeks. This is going to actually be the first minor test to figure out who this team is, what they have going on in the rotation, and, and frankly, what their weaknesses are. And, yeah, and you mentioned it, how it's a home-and-home home series. You don't get those with the southeast directional schools. Those teams take Pay a paycheck to come em, to the arena and lose em, by 20. And, send them home. Uh, that is not this, uh, even though the SMU is looking at a lot of roster turn- turnover from last year. Only three players that played against Dayton last season in Dallas are returning the favor here tonight. All three of them will be in the starting lineup, but only one of them started in the game last year. And if we take a trip down memory lane, you remember the last time SMU took the floor at UD Arena, there was nobody in the arena. There was only 300 fans. Uh, I happened to be one of them, and I'm, I think I speak for everybody in saying that uh, no one necessarily wants that outcome. And uh, it's going to be great to have everybody back in the arena. I mean, Lindenwood Monday night is one thing. Um, I think you have to have a little extra pep in your step to get up for that game. But this one shouldn't be a challenge. You know, students have a couple hours here to get lubricated. And even if you're, you know, have a five, nine to five job on a Friday, you got plenty of time, have a few beverages before you go over to the 
arenas. It's, it's just good all Ab around. Absolutely. There's a buzz in the air today, with, especially with the announcement last night that the university made that they're going to be wearing the Columbia Blues Indeed. once again. Indeed. And so I think that's got uh, the fan base pretty riled up tonight. I think you're going to see quite an electric atmosphere. You know, it was pretty good on Monday. I was in, in the crowd on Monday. And it was a good crowd, but I think tonight you're going to turn it up to, I don't want to say 11. I'm going to say like 9.5. Okay. We'll get to light blues. We'll talk about it all here today. Preparation for the game, keys to Dayton winning, um, and the, you know, the bigger picture context as we kind of head into the most important stretch of the non-con season, which is the Thanksgiving tournament. Uh, but before we do that, Drew, uh, I, I wanted your, your uh, feedback on Monday night. Uh, I know you were in the crowd. I was not in the crowd. I watched the game. But uh, you can't take too many things away from a game against a team like Lindenwood, first one in Division I. Um, but it does provide an opportunity to essentially have what amounts to a practice with a team that's never seen you practice before. So while I, I did get kind of critical on, on the rapid reaction podcast that we did on the Talking Out Loud page, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because they're supposed to win that game. They're supposed to dominate. They didn't necessarily dominate, but they still got the result they wanted winning by 27. So what did you see from that first game that maybe carries over and maybe that they have to fix going into tonight? Well, it especially looked like the first game of the season. A lot of, a lot of missed bunnies, a lot of missed layups, uh, missing free throws. Didn't shoot it very well from deep. Um, so in that sense, it really did look like the first game of the year. And, yeah, Lindenwood, they weren't really going to provide you much of a challenge. But what they do give you is a chance to self-scout, self-assess where you're at, where your players are at against a live-action game. That actually matters. You know, Capital came to the arena, but that you know that's just basically a glorified scrimmage. It is. And, but this one, this is count. These are live bullets that these guys are playing in. And um, I thought they handled it pretty well. Uh, Obviously, the Mongolian Mike is taking the nation by storm, it would appear. And uh, he looked really good in his debut. Uh, but again, you know, a lot of missed bunnies, missed free throws. We cleaned those things up. You probably would have won that game by 35. But you know what? They accomplished the job that they needed to, uh, took care of their business, defended well, only gave up 43 points. So uh, that's, I think that is one of the big positives you can take is that this team is going to be very good defensively. And they showed you that they're looking to be that good defensively throughout the rest of the season. If you're just joining us on the radio, welcome in. This is Talking Out Loud live pregame show from Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street. We'll be here till 6.30 doing the show, and we should have a couple more of these uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, if you haven't checked us out before, Talking Out Loud, L-O-W-D is our podcast, and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts and right here on ESPN Radio on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, you're absolutely right, Drew. You've been teasing the whole show. So here's what we have coming up for you guys tonight. Um, we have a whole segment uh, that I'm going to dedicate to Mongolian trivia that Drew is very excited about because Mongolian Mike is taking the nation by storm. And for no other reason than he's the first college basketball player from his home country, a country that's quite small and quite prideful. Um, so a little bit more on that coming up later uh, at the 6 p.m. hour. Uh, I have a guest uh, who is going to preview the SMU team. Uh, he's going to give us kind of the rundown on the Mustangs, what to expect for tonight, keys to the game, and uh, what Flyer fans going to the arena should look for tonight. He goes by Brian Burton. He has 15 years' experience coaching college basketball and does the play-by-play -play for the SMU Mustangs. So that will be coming up at 6 o'clock. Before we do get to that, we'll talk about the keys to the game, how the Flyers might be upended tonight, although that's not the outcome we're here for, but we still have to tell you how that might happen in a worst-case scenario. Um, 
where I wanted to, to take the first segment here tonight, Drew, is to kind of lay out the context of the season. And, and now that um, preseason chatter is over, right? And I think we talked about it on the podcast a bunch of times. Like, we really don't like preseason chatter because it ends up being the same rhetoric over and over again, and especially in the A-10 this year, because any preview you saw, preseason rankings, there was really no surprises, right? Dayton and St. Louis were an interchangeable one and two. VCU was generally number three, and I think most people had Loyola at number four. The rest of the teams in the A-10, you can kind of decide where they're at one way or the other, but I believe that after you get past Loyola in the A-10, you would really be grasping the straws to find a team that's going to sneak into the NCAA tournament picture. So from that perspective, I got really tired about the, the preseason coverage because I kept hearing the same kind of talking points. And, and so now that we're in the season, the way I see this season playing out is all about a lesson in humility, Drew. All right, now follow me here, okay? Because this is my first big, long point of the show. Follow up. But I think this is the season's all about a lesson in humility because everybody that's taking the floor for the Flyers, within reason, you know, Mongolian Mike aside, being the freshman, they were humbled by last year. And in multiple ways, right? Coming out of the season, I think the team probably thought that they were a little bit better than they were. They got humbled not once, not twice, three times in the bye games early on. I think that level set the season to say, hey, you can't take any game for granted, propelled them to being 14-4, almost getting in the NCAA tournament, knocking on the doorstep. Then when they really had the wheels greased in March, Big winning streak. They go into that semifinal game against Richmond. They had a chance to win it right up until the last 10 minutes of the game. It doesn't go that way. Malley gets injured. Flyers lose. Season over. We're going to the NIT. Both of those instances were humbling for a young team full of guys that were in their first and second years in college basketball. And so I think the story of this season is going to be all about humility. And how do they respond from getting humbled last year? How do they respond from coming up short? And do they take games for granted? And I told you multiple times in the preseason, the one thing that I am very sure about, and I will say to people, is that I do not believe this team is going to overlook a single opponent the entire year. Nope, I agree with you. And I think um, a lot of lessons learned from last season. I think a lot of those guys take a lot of those lessons to heart. It's why I wasn't too worried about them reading too much into their hype this season because they were kind of hyped last year, even though they were a young squad. And then, you, like you said, they lost the three bye games that kind of get them humbled. And ultimately is what led to them being left out of the NCAA tournament. So I think these guys are taking the true one game at a, at a time approach. Um, I think Deron Holmes and Malachi Smith are really starting to embrace the leadership role that they are required to have for this basketball team, even though Mally isn't on the floor. I'm sure if you look at him on the bench, he's talking, he's communicating with his teammates, he's celebrating their success on the bench, doing what he can when he's not being active on the floor. So I think these, this team is going to learn a lot about themselves early on in the year. You know, we have a couple good tests coming up here. We have SMU tonight. We go to Las Vegas next Tuesday, and then we go right into uh, then Robert Morris, and then we go into the Bahamas for the Thanksgiving tournament. And That's I think right. that going into the Thanksgiving tournament is where we're really going to know a lot about what this team is going to be about. And if you're going into that undefeated, going into that Wisconsin game, I really like our chances of having success down there a 2-1, and one, maybe a 3-0 and o record, who knows. But yeah. um, like you said, I, I kind of echo everything you were talked about earlier about how they are they had been humbled, and I think that they're going to channel that throughout the rest of the season and really leave no doubt as to 
why they're the best team in the Atlantic 10. Or why, you know, they were predicted to be the best team in Correct. the preseason, right? Um, you hit on a couple of things that I, I think are important to note about this team. And the first, first one, and again, just big picture context here, is that I think a lot of people are so excited for this season because it really does mark a new era. And not necessarily the start of a new era, but just the fact that we are now smack in the middle of a brand new era of Dayton basketball. We can call it Anthony Grant 2.0, right? When AG took over the job in year one, it was pretty clear by about January that there was going to be some hefty rebuilding that had to happen. Guys had to go, had to get some people off the roster, had to clean it up, put the guys in place that AG wanted. That led to the 2019 season where – um, that team was just a couple of buckets away multiple times. Yep. And unfortunately, that's the difference between the NIT and, and playing in the field of 68 in March. You, you know, of course, 2020, greatest season we've ever had because of all the things that were put in place up until those three years. And then unfortunately, we took a significant step back. Now, I knew everybody knew it was going to happen when Obi, Mike Sell, Trey Landers left. But I think it surprised a lot of people how bad that drop-off was. And, you know, around Dayton, you'll hear it a lot. Well, it was a pandemic year. That's hogwash. Everybody was playing under the same circumstances that year. I'm not willing to say, well, it was a COVID year, because it wasn't like that was specific circumstance to Dayton, right? So then last year was, again, I think that was a full turning of the page. Yeah. Uh, you had Rodney left and Jalen left and Ibby left. And so all those guys that were left over – who, you know, at the end of that season, for better or worse, it kind of mailed it in. A lot of the guys are playing for stats at that point. I don't think it's even really up for debate now that we have hindsight the way it is. But last year was a turning of the page, and people wanted to see, oh, we got a lot of young guys. Let's see how it shakes out. Now we are fully in that era of new players, new faces. You see Deron Holmes last night went on all of Dayton's social media channels, had the light blue jerseys. He's been doing advertisements around town. He's got a brand new car from one of the dealerships in Dayton. And all that's been embraced, not only by the fans, because we always embrace the team, but it was embraced by the guys on the team. And I think that's one of the most important things when we're laying the foundation for how are we going to see success as a basketball team is do the guys buy into the community? Do they like being in Dayton? And it seems like, you know, Malachi was probably an obvious guy where you knew he was going to fit the culture because of his brother. But the rest of the team has really followed suit. And I, I think back to an old analogy. I'm a Steeler fan. I apologize all the Ohio listeners. But the analogy I'll use is um, they, they used to say that the Steelers' defense in the early 2000s was so good because their best player was the most humble and the guy that kept everybody grounded. And it was Troy Polamalu, right? Yep. Dayton has that same feel to me where – and Obi Toppin's team was the same way where Obi was a humble, nice guy. Yep. He set the tone for everybody else to say, well, if Obi's acting like this, he's our best player. We better be underneath that bar. And I think we have that again with Duran. I think you know, he, he fits the program perfectly. He, he's uh, – we've talked about this before. He's a boy you can take home to mama, right? Absolutely. And, um, and I think that culture is important as we go into this next – era of success because frankly we are probably closer than ever as a program or at least in my life to taking that next step up as a basketball program but you only do that through consistent success and I think right now a lot of fans who see that that light at the end of the tunnel are being put up against the fans that are always going to be skeptical and say well 
it's Dayton. Like, are we ever going to take that next step up? And I, I think, Drew, before we go to the break, that's kind of where we find ourselves right now. It's like you can see it. That next step for Dayton as a program is right there. But it's been right there a couple of times, and Dayton's never capitalized on it. Yep, the, the brass ring's right there. Now now the time is to go and grab it. You know, and that is – yeah. um, you know, it's there, and I like what you said about Duran and how he's a, a humble humble guy. He leads through his actions. You know, with the way he plays, he plays loud, but he doesn't, you know, he's not barking everywhere. Whereas Malachi is kind of the opposite end of that. He loves to be animated, fired up, which is kind of crazy to think about when you watch Scoochie play all those years ago because he very much wasn't that way. Yeah. Scoochie was very much a quiet, confidence kind of guy. Exactly, guy, yeah. and Malachi is kind of the polar opposite of him, which is kind of great. You get two worlds of, of Smith brothers playing point guard for the University of Dayton, but I agree with everything you said, and, you know, Duran is, is a kid from Arizona. You know, he, yeah. he has no prior ties to this area, no, you know, no family or anything like that, but he wanted to come and be a part of, of this program and lead this program, and he's done a stand-up job of that. And I think he's only going to get better and better and better. And obviously, you know, we're not we're not going to dance around it. He is getting projected to be drafted into the NBA next year. He there is a chance that he may not be here next year. But it's a good chance. I think it's a really good chance. Yeah, and yeah. but I think he's going to leave it all out on the floor this year, play his heart out, and leave this program in a better place than when he found it, and leave the other guys who probably won't be leaving for the draft. The the same exact example that needs to be followed in the years to come to where we can start chaining together those NCAA tournament bids and success. That's exactly right. And it starts tonight against SMU, 7 o'clock tip at UD Arena. Come on over before the game starts. We're at Timothy's Bar and Grill here on Brown Street. This is the Talking Out Loud live pregame show. Other side of the break, we're going to give you some keys to the game, some more insight on SMU and even some Mongolian trivia coming up. That's the other side of the break. You're listening to Talking Out Loud live pregame show from Tim's here on 1410 ESPN in Dayton. ESPN 1410, Wing AM. Weather. The mid-afternoon and early evening will be cloudy with rain, a high near 62. Tonight's going to be mostly cloudy, a low near 35. And tomorrow is going to be cloudy with rain and some flurries, a high near 42. I'm Pete Spivak for 1410 ESPN Radio. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Don't miss our weekend special. Save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed plus free home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof, no easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. <laughs> but then I found Walgreens FindRx coverage. Let's you compare plans online, over the phone, or in person. Made Medicare shopping so easy. Plus, I found plans with low-cost copays. <laughs> I can get down with that. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Find a plan that's right for you at walgreens.com slash Medicare. Want to get a $1,000 Visa card from your Medicare plan? At WellCare, our Medicare Advantage plans are simplified so you can enjoy all the great benefits you care about most. Like our WellCare Flex Card, a preloaded debit card that gives you up to $1,000 to pay for extra dental, vision, or hearing expenses not covered by your plan. Like hearing aids, dentures, prescription glasses, co-pays, and more. It's just one more way WellCare is improving every aspect of Medicare to give you access to the top-tier benefits you want most. Plus, 
us a little extra to learn more about WellCare. Visit wellcareforoh.com today. That's wellcareforoh.com to enroll today. WellCare, it's Medicare done well. Benefits vary by plan. WellCare is the Medicare brand for Centene Corporation, an HMO, PPO, PFFS, PDP plan with a Medicare contract and is an approved Part D sponsor. Our DSNP plans have a contract with the state Medicaid program. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. Want to make tonight's dinner a true winner? Just stop by Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken and pick up a 12-piece family meal at a great price. You'll get 12 pieces of our classic Famous Recipe Chicken that's honey-dipped, hand-breaded, and pressure-cooked just right, along with three of our large sides and six fluffy biscuits. This is Temptation Times 12. Get the family meal that's big on flavor and on value with the 12-piece family meal. Only at Lee's. Famous for chicken. When getting the job done right is job one, you need construction equipment that's built right. From compact track loaders to the world's number one selling compact excavator, the Kubota construction lineup features durable Kubota engines, more comfort, and the versatility to do it all and do it right. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. See Columbus Equipment Company, 7570 New Carlisle Pike in Dayton. The law offices of Lake Maceland will fight for you. Call 444-4444. One more fight, more attention, more compensation. We've recovered millions in auto and injury cases. We don't know what your case is worth until you call. One more call for 444-4444-4444-4444. Call Lake Maceland. Cordell Transportation is now hiring Class A CDL drivers. Excellent pay, benefits, and a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today online at CordellTransportation.com. Driven to succeed. Hey, Buckeye fans, as the official wing sponsor of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Roosters is giving away 12 trips for two to this year's Buckeye Bowl game. Each trip comes complete with airfare, hotel, gift bag, and two tickets to the big game. One bowl prize winner chosen each week, along with other cool Roosters weekly prizes. So register every week at RoostersWings.com. Roosters, a fun, casual joint, and the official wing sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Official contest rules at RoostersWings.com. We are Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Down the sideline to the 10 and drags a defender in the end zone for a touchdown. Jackson Smith in Jigba. A 50-yard scoring strike from C.J. Stroud. He'll hit the Purdue 40. Down the left side to the 30. Henderson to the 20, to the 10. And into the end zone goes Henderson. Don't miss the Buckeyes all season long. Right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. And on 92.9 Jack FM. Go Bucks. <laughs> All sports, all the time. This is 1410 ESPN Radio. We now send you back to Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street for more of the Talking Out Loud pregame show, hosted by Sully. Welcome back into the Talking Out Loud live pregame show. You heard it on the promo. We are here at Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street, getting you ready for UD against the SMU Mustang 7 o'clock. I go by Sully. I have the A-10's number one podcast. The facts are out there. The people have spoken. It is, and I'm 
joined tonight uh, by my often confidant, Drew, breaking down the action for you again, getting you ready for that 7 o'clock tip across the river at UD Arena. Um, talked about a little bit before we went to the break, Drew, the, um, the fact that UD doesn't get a lot of these games on the schedule. And we've talked about this a bunch over the years, and I feel like it's a talking point every year in the preseason about how UD struggles to get people to come to the arena and play them and struggles to get marquee matchups unless they're going to some neutral site. Now, they were able to get that neutral site game. They're going back to Chicago this year to play a very good Wyoming team who I believe is right outside the top 25 rankings right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had a key injury, neither here nor there. That's probably a conversation for another day. But these games are so important for Dayton because th they do set the tone, and I think last year opened people's eyes a lot to the fact that you can't necessarily take nights off. Obviously, you can't take bye games off, and we saw last year how they lost them because these opportunities are few and far between, and bye games only matter if you lose them. And so I think big picture, what's going on in college basketball right now and why you saw such a terrible slate to start the year, uh, I'm talking about Monday night when the college basketball season started, is that there's an extreme amount of hesitancy from coaches to start the year off with a big game, which I've, I don't really understand that sentiment from coaches other than you're scared to lose a game because let's say uh, Michigan State and Gonzaga's coming up here. Uh, they're playing on that aircraft carrier. Yep. Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that game's coming up here, I believe, in a week or so. And there's really no losers in that game. If Michigan State loses to Gonzaga, so what? If they beat them, great win. Vice versa, same applies for Gonzaga, right? And more specifically in Dayton, if you have these buy games, you, know, you obviously need them to get tuned up. And I think the point here is that coaches want to have those tune-ups to be ready for those big games. But in Dayton's case, again, the only time it's going to hurt you is if you lose them. And we're in a very specific position because we always want the power conference teams. We want to get them into the arena. But again, they don't really have a reason to come to Dayton and play these games. And so I think the larger problem here is that what we run into is that college basketball doesn't have anybody right now looking out for the entire sport. And so consequently, programs are mostly looking out for themselves. And how can we build our resume? How can we look the strongest going into March? If we're on the bubble, what does our resume look like versus other teams? And I think Dayton is very aware of that. There's only so much they can do because of the conference they're in and the very small amount of quality games there are. But again, these games in the early season don't really matter unless you're on the bubble and the committee needs more evidence to say, are this team in or are they out? So what do you do? You go backwards in the schedule and you see what they do in November. And last year in UD's case, that might have been the difference between them getting in the tournament and not getting in the tournament, right? And hence the predicament of this early season schedule. Do you go out and take a chance? Do you play it safe to stack up Ws? I think there's merit on both sides of the discussion, Drew. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And um, my thing with the scheduling is that you, you need these bye games. You need these tune-up games. Sometimes you just need a warm body to come to the arena to take their butt kicking and go home. Necessary. So, yeah, yeah it's, it. it's a necessary part of college basketball. Everyone does it. It's not just Dayton who does it. And, of course. Uh, and Dayton's in that unique position as, as a program where – we aren't someone that Kentucky is calling up and saying, hey, you guys want to come play a game at Rupp Arena? Like, well, no, you guys got to come back here. And Kentucky's not going to do that, despite what John Kyle Perry may tweet. 
Yeah, he's not going to do that. Um, he's not going to do that. So Dayton's in that very unique position where they need to contact these, like, American, pro- like, programs or these middle-of-the-road SEC teams that are willing to come to Dayton and take the return home game against Dayton because they see Dayton as a resume, a potential resume booster. Yeah. If Dayton has a good program, that is what can separate them from the middle of their own league. It's like, well, let's just – Let's just throw Mississippi State out there. We've played them before. Yeah. Mississippi State gets a win at the University of Dayton Arena, and they get to say, well, hey, look, we, we went to Dayton this year and won a game. That makes us better than, say, Ole Miss. And, again, if you're, let's say, 11-9 and nine in conference play, you're right on the bubble. Okay, going to Dayton and winning a game in November, that could be just what you need to get over the top and get in. Right. And so Dayton struggles to get those, those top-end teams into the arena, but they – They've done a pretty good job of getting those middle-of-the-road teams in those power conferences to come. We have a return game with Virginia Tech this year where they came to the arena last year. That's going to be a very good game later on down the road. That will be a great test for Dane. I think Virginia Tech is very good. I think they've got a chance to win the ACC, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And so I think all in all, we've we've discussed this before on the podcast as well, but I I feel like we've done a good job of kind of getting the best of both worlds into our schedule this season with – Doing the best that we can. The best that we can with what right. with what we have, and uh, you know, it's it's tough. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a, it's an easy thing to do. Uh, I haven't sat in that seat before, so. Uh, but all in all, again, said it before, but the the schedule looks good this year, and hopefully, some of these teams that we do get on the on the schedule for this non-con have good conference schedules that can really help bolster our resume. Yeah, because, I mean, you saw last year, one of the things that helped Dayton the most was that, obviously, Kansas kept winning. They were one of the best teams in the entire country, let alone the Big 12 Conference. Miami was the same way. You yeah. know, I went to the, the Elite Who'd Eight game. Who'd have thought that? Yeah, I went to the Elite Eight game in Chicago in uh, March. It was Miami versus Kansas. Dayton beat both of those teams. Um, but I think there's always – there's so many factors at play when you talk about scheduling. And one of the biggest ones that's worked against Dayton – multiple seasons over the last 10 years is the consistent sustained success and what I mean by that is teams are not going to start coming to UD Arena again for home and home trips unless the risk is mitigated and we haven't had that consistent success where you can say okay in a two-year window we're going to go play a pretty tough Dayton team and maybe we're not favored in that that game when you go to UD Arena but next year, we will be when they come back to our, our place. And you see what I'm saying? Like, and a good example is the Wyoming game. They didn't take a home-and-home home with Wyoming because they're probably going to have a ton of roster turnover. Like, this is Wyoming's year. Yeah. So it really didn't even benefit Dayton to go and have a home-and-home home with them because next year, you might be playing a Wyoming team that's in, like, 100 to 150. They're barely playing for NIT berth. And therein lies the risk-reward that's always being considered. And so it's on both sides, right? Dayton's figuring out, all right, well, we don't want to play Wyoming in a two-year window. The same is going to be said if you're uh, – let's just use Kentucky because you were, again, on the same thing. If you're John Calipari, you're a big program, and you say, do we want to go play Dayton? You almost have to be 100% certain that next year that game is going to be equally as strong as it was this year. And you know, just being honest, looking from the outside in, you just can't promise that right now where Dayton is as a program. And it takes us back to what we said in the first segment – that is the most important part now of the entire program. Like, we talk about the support, the student body, the fan base, the money, the resources. Everything's in place now except the product on the court, and that's just winning ball games and winning them consistently, right? 
because um, it's just going to open up other things like playing bigger games, getting on ESPN, maybe getting an invite to the aircraft carrier, you know, basketball game that Michigan State's playing. More of those things become possible when Dayton starts winning consistently. Because for me, I mean, I like going to the Maui Invitational and all, but there's more to life than going to the Maui Invitational every couple of years, Drew. All right. Yep, that, I completely agree. And uh, like I said, this season's going to be the first steps towards getting to that stature as a program. Indeed. You're still listening to the Talking Out Loud live pregame show for just joining us uh, on the radio here in Dayton or all around the country on iHeartRadio. We appreciate it live from Timothy's Bar and Grill here on Brown Street till 630. I'm Sully. He's Drew. And we're giving you everything you need to know to get you ready for Dayton and SMU later on tonight. Talked about some scheduling challenges. First part of the segment, Drew. Second part, kind of want to do a little whip around. Uh, the A-10 schedule is um, it's, it's pretty full for a Friday night, and I think there's a, a handful of games tomorrow as well. But uh, give the people just a little refresher. What's on tap tonight for the A-10 around the conference? Well, two top five programs are playing A-10 teams tonight. Oh Houston boy. and St. Joe's playing in Annapolis on a, what I'm sure is a Veterans Day kind of. Nav- they're playing at the Naval Academy. What, what, That's right. Yep. That's right. And then uh, the aforementioned Kentucky welcomes the Duquesne Dukes coming oh into town off oh a hot gosh. win against Montana. That's going to be a bloodbath. On Tuesday. That spread is minus 19 for the Wildcats. Oof. Your old boy Drewby says to take the Wildcats in that one. Yeah, um, yeah, and so. Fordham heads the road. They go to Arkansas, the number 10 team in the country tonight. Uh, and, other, and elsewhere, George Mason at home for a bye game. Richmond, Northern Iowa. That could be an interesting one. Keep your eye out on that one. Indeed. And uh, George Washington and Howard also tipping it up. And then an inner Chicago battle tonight. Wow. Loyola Chicago and UIC tip it up at Credit Union 1 Arena in Chicago IL. Yep. So there is your A-10 slate for the evening. Yeah, and I love when when people look at those those games, especially tonight, right? Duquesne playing Kentucky, they're number four. You got Houston playing St. Joe's, they're number three. And then you got Fordham going to Arkansas. I love when I go on Twitter and I see old heads being like, why can't we schedule those games? It's like, well, because those teams stink. They're, you know, yeah. like they're, they're going on the road, and they're essentially playing a bye game that these big programs don't have to pay as much for, right? We're not going to get those games here. Like, they're not going to come to UD Arena because Fordham's on the road, Duquesne's on the road, and, uh, and St. Joe's, like you said, is, is playing on a neutral site, uh, which, again, is no advantage to them. But, it, I, I, you know, I wish, I wish Houston would come to Dayton. I wish that Kentucky would come up 75 and come to Dayton, but... I don't. I just don't see that path forward, for all the reasons that were aforementioned here in this segment, and the fact that these big power teams, they only have what like five or six games left on their entire schedules to fill. Right. Because I know the Big Ten they've gone to 20 games. They have the Gavit games. They have two challenges. There's like what yep. Big Ten ACC and Big Ten something else. Yep. Big East. Um, so right there, I just rattled off. There, that's 23, 24 games that are completely scheduled. Let's pen- pencil in a couple of buy games that are necessary that we talked about. All of a sudden, you're looking for like one or two games. And if you're the Michigan State Athletic Director or head of scheduling over there, who is one of the best scheduling departments in the country, you're going to welcome in Eastern Michigan or Northern Michigan or Oakland, Michigan, before you're going to call – Neil Sullivan here at Dayton and say, hey, you guys want to get a home and home together because there's just there's no reward to it. It's all risk for them. And frankly, it's an unnecessary risk. That's just all it comes down to. It's an unnecessary risk. Yep, it is. And, you know, it's a shame as a college basketball fan. I would love if these programs would go into more environments like Dayton, you know, and yeah. other, you know, the other upper echelon of the Atlantic 10. But it's just not the way it works. You're, the only way you're going to get a team like that on the schedule is if you're going to their home court. 
or you're playing them on a neutral site like we're doing with Wyoming this year. And, you know, that's just kind of the unfortunate reality of college basketball scheduling. And, um, you know, hopefully things will change. Hopefully some people will change their philosophies a little bit. But uh, I just don't really see that happening. No, not in the short term. But like we said, coming full circle, Dayton has found the ways to combat it, you know. Uh, you're taking a chance letting SMU in the building tonight not being that strong. But, again, the gamble is next season is probably going to be a resume-building game when you go back down to Dallas. This year, one-off game against Wyoming, perfect time for it. Last year, had the foresight to put the home-and-home home with Virginia Tech. Now it's coming back around. We go to Virginia Tech this year and a very good resume-building opportunity in December before we get to the conference slate um, which uh, conveniently starts on New Year's Eve this year. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. Yeah, so New how Year's about that? Eve, 2 o'clock. How about us? How about that? Yeah, they're playing Davidson at Davidson on New Year's Eve. So uh, have your Flyer friends over early. Make a party about it. There you go. Before we get to that one, we got a game to play here tonight. Uh, on the other side of the break, we got Mongolian trivia. we got keys to the game. And then at 6 o'clock, uh, Coach Brian Burton, who does a play-by-play for SMU, will be joining the broadcast to give us the rundown on the Mustangs to take the floor tonight on Edwin C. Moses Boulevard. That's all on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Talking Out Loud live pregame show with Sully and Drew here at Timothy's Bar and Grill only on 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton. Justin Kinner back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Get ready, Ohio FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today, use my promo code Kinner, K-I-N-N-E-R, then you will be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all of your favorite teams and all of your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. I think that's pretty cool. All you got to do is download the app. When you register, you use my promo code Kinner, my last name, K-I-N-N-E-R, and then you're going to have $100 in free bets waiting for you in your account when sports betting goes live here in the state of Ohio. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is super easy to use. Come on, Dayton, this is your chance to get in on the action. Use my promo code Kenner when registering your account today, K-I-N-N-E-R. You have $100 in free bets waiting for you. Come on, it's a heck of a deal. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Your daily commute. You could do it alone. The downside is spending thousands each year on gas, parking, and vehicle maintenance, not to mention the air pollution you're causing. There is a smarter way. Introducing GoHio Commute. What is GoHio Commute? It's a free service with info on commuting options like ride matching for carpoolers, van poolers, and bike poolers, and links to local public transit providers. Go to MiamiValleyRideShare.org or call 223-SAVE for details. GoHio Commute, a smarter way. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. At the Montgomery County Veterans Service Commission, we help veterans and their dependents navigate the process of applying for benefits administered by the VA. We can assist with VA claims, pensions, and a variety of benefits, including emergency financial assistance, transportation, and legal services. If you are a veteran or a spouse of a veteran, a wide range of services may be available to you. Always at no cost to the veteran, we are honored and proud to serve all Miami Valley veterans. Contact us today at 937-225-4801. Did you know that three Ohioans are diagnosed with oral cancer every day? 
Dentists are doctors of dental surgery and can recognize life-threatening conditions and treat oral diseases before they become serious health complications. Ohio Dental Association member dentists are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality dental care. Ask if your dentist is a member of the Ohio Dental Association and American Dental Association so you know you're being treated by the best. To find an ODA dentist in your area, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the music, news, sports, and podcasts that matter to you. Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We are racing at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. Catch the excitement Tuesday through Saturday afternoons. Post time is 4 p.m. Be there this Saturday for your chance to win one of five big screen televisions, Roku sticks with subscriptions to Racetrack Television Network, and gift cards to the Skybox Restaurant. That's this Saturday at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. Post time is 4 p.m. Be a winner at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. You want more local content from Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM? Make sure you subscribe to the WING 1410 Dayton YouTube channel, where you can watch all your local shows live or go back and rewatch previous episodes of The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, The Keith Byers Show, Talking Out Loud with Sully, and more. College football playoffs, Browns, Bengals, Buckeyes, and more. Catch the Keith Fire Show Mondays at noon on 1410 ESPN Radio. We now send you back to Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street for more of the Talking Out Loud pregame show hosted by Sully. You are back at the Talking Out Loud live pregame show here at Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street. Thanks for coming back in. I'm Sully. He's Drew. We're giving you everything that you need to know before UD tips the ball off here at 7 p.m. against the SMU Mustangs for game number two on the season. Uh, a couple updates. As I know, the night before people get over to the arena, uh, didn't see any word that uh, Kobe Bray is going to be starting tonight, unfortunately. Sad news. Um, and then the other update that is worth sharing no Caleb Washington for the foreseeable future. Uh, still on the team, but I think he's got some things to sort out before he gets back onto the team. Uh, so not going to see him for the foreseeable future. And the latest I got on Mally was that he's out of the boot, uh, but the Thanksgiving tournament's about 50-50 right now for our boy Malachi Smith. All guys that we really need to come back and contribute to this team, some more so than others, Drew. Well, that's a positive update on, on Malachi. I was, I was worried we wouldn't see him until middle of December. So the fact that we're 50-50 on the Thanksgiving tournament, that feels like a positive to me. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kobe, it's kind of a wait-and-see kind of deal. Uh, and Washington, you know, that's, that's truly a wait-and-see deal. Um, so you're going to have to continue with what we got, with what we had on Monday, and uh, hopefully uh, guys kind of – rise their level of production to uh, offset those losses. Yeah, I mean, really what we're talking about is just for people to kind of expect what they saw on Monday night. 
Um, you're going to see Amsel, you're going to see Zimmy coming off the bench, probably first couple of guys there. Uh, we're not going to see Tyrone Baker transfer from Georgia. He ended up redshirting this season. So, you know, the box score that you saw on Monday is going to be pretty similar to what you get today, minutes-wise at least. Um, again, Amsel, Zimmy, first guys off the bench, and then I'm going to almost guarantee you're going to see Brady Yule at some point tonight. We talked about on the reaction to the Lindenwood game um, that that's just kind of a necessary evil right now. The one thing that could derail this team for the entire season, not just in the non-con, is the guard depth. Um, you know, they, they like AG is what I'm talking about specifically, the coaching staff. They like forwards. Uh, they like guys that are long. They like wings. They like people, let's call it positionless basketball. Um, you know, they just they like guys that are long and can play fast and are athletic. And unfortunately, that comes at the expense of getting guards. And obviously, the precarious position that Dayton was in was that they weren't necessarily able to go out and recruit another point guard because if you're an 18-year-old kid out there in America and you're like, where am I going to go play basketball? You're probably not going to come to the program where there's a starter that's a freshman and has three years left. That's right. Just and reality. Unless somebody is willing to accept to be that reserve role. But uh, on, the, on the topic of Brady Yule, he only played about – he played 12 minutes officially. He only played about six of real game time minutes. He yep. was put in when the game was in hand with the rest of the walk-ons to get to that 12-minute mark. Right. And I thought it was pretty interesting how Anthony Grant used him. He would bring him in with about a minute left before a television timeout. Correct. So that way you could give whatever player you're bringing off the floor, whether that be Mike or Kobe Elvis – and you get him that about a minute, minute and a half game time break, as well as the media timeout break. Maybe he plays another minute past the media timeout, and then he was brought out of the game. I thought that was a good way to kind of minimize Uwell being on the court while also maximizing your, your guys' rest time. And I think sure. look, look for him to do that again. Look for Brady Yule to be entered into the game around the 13-minute mark tonight if one of the guards needs a blow. So, yeah. um, but other than that, uh, Amsel and, and uh, Zimmy will be the two main reserves. Uh, they're the only three subs that played over five minutes. Uh, Amsel played 24, Wilkeji played 17, and Uhl, the aforementioned Brady Ewell played 12. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of pressure on the starters. Starters are going to play a lot of minutes, and that's not going to change here in the, uh, the early part of the season until we get Malachi and Kobe back. Yeah, I think my my notions kind of changed since Monday night because I was sitting there like, well, I think you know Brady Yule is going into the game because they don't uh, they don't have options with scholarship players, and then I was like, well, I think that they should be using that time to figure out what the rotation is. But now that we know that we're probably going to be without Brea Malachi for a couple more games, I get it. You know, it, it's, it's a necessary evil. Let you, yeah, it's a stopgap solution, um, and and if you can put him into the game like you said butt them up against media timeouts. You can probably hide Brady on defense, which is what they're trying to do, yep. and then make sure he keeps the ball moving. And if you're not outwardly noticing negative contributions in the lineup, then he's probably doing his, he's job. Doing his job. And that's exactly what he did against Lindenwood. And I really don't see that changing tonight. Um, you know, it, it's not – it's definitely not similar to the Christian Wilson situation from a few years ago where – we really just had, didn't have anybody else. Yeah. This is more of an injury-driven situation. Right. Um, and it, it's it's a point guard depth situation because you can't recruit because you got Mongolian Mike. He's the only really guy that you have that can run the point right now. Um, I think everybody agrees that Kobe Elvis is going to be best suited off the ball at the two. And main takeaway I had for Monday was, man, Kobe Elvis can score in a lot of different ways. And it looks like he's kind of, it, you know, 
excuse the cliche here, but he's put more tools in the tool chest. Yeah. And it just it feels to me like he's created a bunch of other ways to score. And that's going to be a key to Dayton getting through this stretch of injuries is how much production can they possibly get from the five guys that are going to play 30 minutes a night? Because we re you remember it well from the 2015 year, guys can't take nights off when you're only playing seven dudes in a rotation. That's right. And, you know, when you, when you lack a true point guard, the onus is on the rest of the lineup to keep the ball moving, moving within your offensive system. I thought they did a good job of that on Monday. They had 16 assists on 24 made field goals. That is 66% of their field goals on Monday night that were assisted. So despite not having that true point guard, and look, we saw it night one. Mike's got tremendous passing skills. He can see the floor very well. He, he, does. Does, he dishes the ball very well. So even though he may not be a true point guard, he's got great passing skills. And when you don't, when you lack that true point guard, the onus is on the rest of the offense to keep that ball moving, find the open guy, find the guy down for dumps and dunks, things of that nature. So that is one of the big things I want to see tonight. Let's keep that percentage of assists on made field goals right around that 65% mark. I think we're going to be a-okay. Yep, and that leads me to keys to the game tonight, Drew. We have to talk about them. That's why we do the pregame show. What are the keys to the game tonight? You give me those three, and I'll give you my three. You go right. ahead. Okay, well, I just mentioned keep sharing and caring for the basketball. Oh, yes. 16 assists on 24 field goals, only nine turnovers. Uh, so we want to keep the turnovers down, assist up. That's a big deal. Better shooting at all three levels. We only shot 47% from the field. We were 26% from three, 66% from the line. All three of those areas need to improve tonight if you want to take care of your business. And number three, dominate the glass. You out-rebounded Lindenwood 42-32 in the opener. SMU did not really overwhelm Texas A&M Commerce on the boards in their game. So I'm looking, you know, don't give up offensive rebounds. Don't give up easy looks. Clean up the glass. Get out running. Uh, those are my big three keys to the game. What say you? Yeah, I had outside shooting on there, um, I, but you're right. It probably is shooting in general. I think one of the big complaints of the big guys in night one was they missed a lot of bunnies. They did. Uh, it looked like game one. Yeah, just you know, five feet around the bucket. Uh, Duran with the quick catch and shoot. He missed a lot of buckets that he usually makes, yeah. and um, that's that's something you can definitely attribute to night one. Outside shooting was just cold, as you mentioned, 26%. So hate to say it overall I put outside shooting on my little note sheet here today but it really is shooting just in general getting more efficient taking looks uh, that are more efficient inherently that leads me into point number two which is guard play um, I think that's the whole key to the game you know playing Lindenwood defensively and playing SMU defensively are going to be two different things and if I had anything that concerned me or things that I highlighted that were possibly negative about Monday night I wasn't blown away by the guard play on defense from Mongolian Mike uh, specifically, and, and Elvis to a lesser degree. But when you're playing 30, 35 minutes a night, it's one thing to try and have to score, but to then flip around and have to play high-intensity defense, that's generally speaking where guys are going to um, wear out a gas in the tank. And so I think just keeping an eye on the guard play tonight, uh, how tired are they, how often are they getting subbed, uh, are you noticing guards on defense that are getting blown by more often than not. And that's something that usually gets pretty obvious by about the midpoint in the game. Uh, leads me to my third point, which is defense leading to offense. I think if you nailed anybody down that watched last season and said, how can this team be successful this year? It's defense leading to offense, getting stops, getting out in transition and getting easy buckets because Duran's a heck of a rim runner. And they've talked about it a lot. Um, draft analysts, guys that cover the NBA, 
you hear it all the time. He's a rim runner, and it's something he has to keep getting better at. And with Dayton and, you know, 2020 OB year, that was how they made hay, is they, they stopped you, and then they got out in transition quickly. I don't think they did a lot of that in Lindenwood, but when they did, it was it, it, they were successful at it. So this team, again, just like last year, they are going to be modeled on defense first and playing at a slow but controlled tempo because that's how Anthony Grant wants to play. He's not going to change his style in year seven at Dayton. Right. Uh, you know, we're not going to change drastically how we're going to play. So keeping all of that in mind, you, you, if you're going to play that slow, methodical, controlled pace, you have to get out on the fast break and convert. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I echo all those things you said. We had some similar ones there, but you're right. Defense leading to offense tonight. Get the crowd involved. A lot of times those defense that leads to offense moments are kind of what can ignite a crowd. So that get the crowd involved early. Jump on them early. I would say if I had a fourth key, that would probably be my fourth key is get out to a good start, get out to a fast start tonight. Get the crowd involved. Get those guys over there from SMU a little rattled uh, and kind of go from there. Absolutely. If you're just joining us, talking out loud live pregame show here on 1410 ESPN. If you're on iHeartRadio, if you're in town listening to us on the old-fashioned radio dial, we appreciate it. I'm Sully. He's Drew. Getting you ready for the game, UD against SMU here at 7 o'clock. Before we go to the break, Drew, I promised Mongolian trivia, and I am a man of my word. You have Mongolian trivia tonight. Uh, if you're just catching on to the season, and God, who could blame you? It's November. There's other things to worry about on this earth than college basketball sometimes. But now that it's November, we get to care about such things. So if you're just joining us, Mongolian Mike uh, has been getting a lot of pickup nationally for the simple fact that he is getting a ton of support from his hometown brethren in Mongolia. Uh, they have honestly set up such a it's such an insular following for Dayton, which is so cool because the, the guy that we've talked to at the Mongolian consulate, Baika, he's been, uh, he's been great in um, not only boosting the program back to, to fans in Mongolia, but just being a fan. You know, we get like this, this new faction of fans in the fan base, which has been very cool. So on that same thread, just following that, uh, I'm going to hide my screen from you because I put the answers on here, okay? So Mongolian trivia segment for tonight for Drew and everybody here listening is bigger or smaller. So I'm going to give you the capital city of Mongolia, Ulaanbaatar, you just learned right now, okay? And then Mongolia as a country, all right? And I'm going to give you three places in the U.S., and you have to tell me if they are bigger or smaller than the Mongolian place that I have referenced, okay? So we're going to start with the capital, Ulaanbaatar, okay. all right? Is Columbus bigger or smaller than the capital of Mongolia? I'm going to say it's Columbus is bigger. Columbus is smaller. Columbus wow. is smaller. Okay. All right, Pretty Phoenix, number two. Phoenix, bigger or smaller than the capital of Mongolia? Bigger. It is. Phoenix is bigger. Last one, Dallas, Texas. Is it bigger or smaller than the capital of Mongolia? Bigger. Dallas, Texas is actually smaller as a wow. city. As a city. Dallas the is Metroplex, smaller than The Metroplex okay. is larger, okay, but technically city Are limits. Are we not counting Fort Worth there? No, 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 okay. just the city limits of Dallas. All right, I'm getting all proper on you, okay? That's how I took the population statistics, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right? Okay. Okay, so this one's a little bit more straightforward. Mongolia, the entire population of Mongolia, okay? Iowa, is it more or less people in the state of Iowa than the entire country of Mongolia? Is I'm going to say there's less? less people in Iowa than the entire country There of is. Mongolia. You would be correct. You would absolutely be correct. One for one there, Drew. Next one is Kentucky. Bigger or smaller than the country of Mongolia? 
I'm going to say Kentucky is bigger. Kentucky is bigger. You're two for two, Drew. There are more people in the state of Kentucky than the whole country of Mongolia. Wrap your head around that. Last one, city of Los Angeles. More or less people than the whole country of Mongolia. It's got to be more. There is more people in the city of Los Angeles than the entire country of Mongolia, and this concludes Mongolian trivia with Sully and Drew. So what, four for six there? You did pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, without knowing any of this, That's I didn't prep good. you for the trivia segment or anything like that. Um, so good job. Yeah. Take that, KT. We're going to be learning more and more about Mongolian culture as the season goes on, I have to believe. Um, but yes. you know what? you got to start somewhere. That's so right. That's what I'm doing right now. On the other side of the break, we got the coach. Brian Burton does broadcasting for the SMU Mustangs. He's going to be joining us. We're going to ask him some questions, getting you ready for UD against SMU. That's all on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Talking Out Loud live pregame show from Tim's right here on 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-743-8080. That's 1-800-743-8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-743-8080. That's 1-800-743-8080. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Did you know Kohl's has early holiday deals on the top toys? It was a game changer for me. I got Kohl's cash and all my kids' favorites, like Marble Must Have starting at $11.99, Squishmallows for $25 and under, a Fisher Price Dreamhouse for $49.99, and found so much more while saving $10 off every $25 I spent, plus an extra 20% off. More gifts, more savings, more reasons to get to Kohl's. Select styles, $10 off, $25 offer ends November 12th, 20% offer ends November 19th. Toys, coupons not apply. See store or for details. I'm Tamron Hall. Why give your family just ordinary eggs when they can enjoy the best? Eggland's Best. The only eggs with more fresh and delicious taste plus superior nutrition compared to ordinary eggs. With six times more vitamin D, 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 38% more lutein. Because the way we care is anything but ordinary. Only Eggland's Best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Hi, this is Mike Foley, your Montgomery County Clerk of Ports. I'd like to invite you to my new series called Connecting with the Community. On the third Tuesday of each month, I will be hosting a monthly discussion where citizens can come and learn more about different areas of local government. Connecting with the Community will be held at the new Employment Opportunity Center in the Westtown Shopping Center on West 3rd Street. On Tuesday, November 15th at 6 p.m., Coroner Kent Harshbarger will be here talking about the coroner's office and crime lab. Brought to you by Mike Foley, your Montgomery County Clerk of Courts. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. 
We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Presented by Brad Mays with Home Experts Realty. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on 1410 ESPN Radio. On Twitter, make sure to give us a follow. Search 1410 Kinner for Justin Kinner on Twitter. That's 1410-K-I-N-N-E-R. And ESPN Dayton for the station Twitter handle. WING 1410 Dayton. Dayton's ESPN Radio. We now send you back to Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street for more of the Talking Out Loud pregame show, hosted by Sully. That's right. You heard the promo. Welcome back in. It's the Talking Out Loud live pregame show. I'm Sully. He's Drew. We're at Tim's here on Brown Street getting you ready for a 7 p.m. tip at UD Arena. As I'm scrolling my Twitter feed during the commercial break, I've been alerted by many students, Drew, that the line is quite lengthy to get into the student section at UD Arena right now. Well, it's first come, first serve for seats. You better get there early. I know. I I have a love-hate relationship with the first come, first serve because I I wouldn't have done well with that in in school. I like to have the ticket, be in the dorms until like 6.40, get in the car, head right over for tip-off. Because beers are more expensive in the arena than they were in my dorm room in college. And those dollars and cents add up when you're a junior in college. Let's be honest here. They, they do add up, but you know what? Good to see that the, they're getting there early. The energy is probably already in the arena waiting for us to get over there. Yeah, yeah, and we will be over there. We're on air here until 6.30, and that's uh, when we'll conclude and then head on over to, uh, to UD Arena to take on the action. Uh, joining us now in the program, I believe, I haven't been told he's in my headset, but I'm going to take, I'm just going to go out on a limb and hope that he is. But um, we're joined now, 15-year veteran in the NCAA coaching ranks. Uh, he is a college basketball analyst for ESPN. He goes by the coach, Brian Burton, is going to join us to talk about SMU. Uh, hopefully he can hear us. Brian, you with us? I don't know if he is or not. No? We'll have to keep on waiting. Not on yet is what I'm just being told in the headset. That's okay. We'll bring him on He's gonna because I can't leave you at the end of a pregame show without knowing about the opponent coming up. So, Drew, you did a little bit of digging while we wait for Brian to come on. What would you find out about SMU? Well, a lot of roster turnover from last season's team. Only three players who faced the Dayton Flyers last season are going to be suiting up tonight. All three in the starting lineup. That is Jalen Smith, a sophomore guard. Uh, Zurich Phelps and also a sophomore guard and Zach Natal a senior guard who started 29 games last season he's the only starter that started against Dayton returning this year uh, Rob Lanier Laner I'm not sure how to pronounce his Lanier, last name but is, yeah. this is his first year at the helm of the SMU Mustangs previously coached for three years at Georgia State with a 53 and 30 record they defeated Texas A&M Commerce 77 to 60 
which I believe was Monday night, uh, only led 31-27 at the half. Some notable stats from that game. They shot 3 of 18 from 3, which is good for 16%. Uh, they won the rebounding battle 33-21, to which is why I think rebounding tonight is going to be a big key. Yep. Always. Only had 11 assists on 29 made field goals, which is 37% of their made field goals. Only 17 bench points. Uh, Nuttall and Phelps were a combined 2 of 10 from 3, and they were 16 of 23 from the free throw line. So a lot of turnover, not really familiar with each other yet, it, it would seem, uh, with the low assist number. Uh, they also had more turnovers than they had assists. They had 12 turnovers while they only forced eight. I think that is another area that Dayton okay. could take advantage of them tonight is turning them over and getting out in transition, as we've talked about. So uh, they have a couple transfers. Samuel Williamson, a forward uh, transfer from Louisville. And Effie Adji, a grand transfer from Troy, uh, will round out their starting five. Thanks for the homework, Drew. I do appreciate it. It looks like we're getting connected up now. Uh, we have a, a guest on the show here who's going to bring us uh, a little bit more information because Drew does his homework uh, to a, a pretty prescriptive degree, but you got to hear it from the source. And so we're joined now by the coach, Brian Burton. Again, 15 years of experience coaching college basketball and the play-by-play man for SMU. Brian, do we have you on now? Can you hear us? I can. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Brian. How are you tonight? You're getting ready for Dayton and SMU, right? I'm well. I can't take credit for being a uh, play-by-play, but I, every now and then I get the color, color analyst stuff right. Uh, you know what? I should have been more prescriptive. Uh, Lord knows that you're more of a color guy, Brian. Thanks for being on the show today for a couple minutes, giving Dayton fans yeah, uh, thanks, a little bit more uh, insight into the SMU Mustangs team taking the floor tonight. What can you tell us about the Mustangs that we're going to see at UD Arena? Yeah, I think you'll see a team from a talent standpoint um, definitely can match up against a team like Dayton just when you kind of look at the size and stature of everybody. Um, but this is a team that is finding their way. I think 10 newcomers, probably about five returners, uh, three of those, four, three or four of those that play. So it's kind of one of those that this team is going to get better as the year goes on. Um but they're definitely still finding their way, finding their rhythm with each other, finding there's a lot of talented guys that have either done a lot at lower levels or guys that have been at higher levels that just haven't had a chance to play the role. So the talent factor is there. It's just a matter of kind of those guys getting a gel for each other and then also kind of getting the confidence and the swagger for what they can do as individuals when the lights are on. You got it, man. Um... Talk to me about the roster turnover. You know, last year at SMU, it was kind of a, let's call it a make or break year. Get to the tournament or the year's not a successful year, right? That led to the yep. coach at SMU retiring. Now you got a completely new regime. You got new personnel. You got new schemes, new system. How hard has that been for the guys to pick up in a couple months, right? Yeah, I think all any transition and change is new and it is um it brings a lot of challenges, right? It brings a lot of uh getting out of your comfort zone in order to find your way and it's not just one person doing it, it's a collective group, like you said, staff, players, returners, newcomers, uh and not only the guys that have been there, you know, you got guys like Zerk Phelps and Zach Nuttall who were there last year but had <coughs> excuse me, significantly uh, lesser roles in that team last year where now they're with a new staff and with new teammates and they have significantly larger roles too. So all of those things are just 
kind of a work in progress, if you will. Uh, I think Coach Lanier is uh, a great selection and choice for the position to lead SMU and his vision and his uh, method of doing things and even how he's hit the ground running as far as recruiting. He's active. He's visible. He's uh, engaged. He's connected to these young men. And uh, and these te- the, the, the chemistry of the team as far as off the court and the character of guys and kind of that cohesiveness has been there. It's just, you know, when the lights are on and another team is trying to beat you, it's a lot harder to develop that. You have to kind of go through the in-game experience. There's no substitute for that. So they're going through those kind of feeling out process now. Uh, and so, you know, I think you'll see flashes for sure. And if they can sustain those flashes, uh, they can compete at a high level. But I think there's it's just when it, when it doesn't go as well and when there's those bumps in the road, how long do they stay in those little ruts and then are they able to kind of get back on track? I think that's probably a little bit of something to keep an eye on tonight. Yeah, that's a perfect segue, Brian. Give me the keys to the game tonight for SMU to uh, to steal a win at UD Arena. Whew. Uh, it's a tall task. You know, I think starting with just ball control and not turning the ball over, right? You, you can't go on the road and play at a place like Dayton that's going to be rocking uh, and have um, – you want to minimize your errors. You can't beat yourself. You have to go in and play almost mistake-free basketball on that end. So I'd say limiting turnovers for sure. Uh, I definitely think the rebounding battle uh, is one that they can win, but they're going to have to earn some extra possessions. I don't know that they're at a place offensively where they're going to shoot it at a high enough percentage on their first try all the time. So I think just earning those second-chance points is going to be big. Um, Naturally, defensively, you're going to have to be able to get some stops. Um, I'm not too concerned about that being as huge of a key. Uh, I just They have to be able to score with Dayton at the end of the day and then get the key stops when you need to. So uh, I know that's kind of a little bit everywhere, but I would say those are the biggest keys of the game. And then handling handling the road environment. It's their first true road game as a group together. Can they handle when it gets rough? They're going to play well and they're going to have some great spurts, but can they sustain it and play well when – the crowd is rocking and Dayton goes on a run and it feels like we see why this team is top 25. So uh, I think those will probably be the biggest keys to the game. And Coach, you know, we're looking at the game uh, this week against Texas A&M Commerce. The starters played heavy minutes. Uh, every starter playing at least 24, uh, three bench guys and double-digit minutes. How deep do you see this SMU team going this season as you keep moving forward? Yeah, I think that I think the depth will grow as the season grows. To be honest, and I know that's probably a little bit cliche, but I don't. I think Coach would like to, in an ideal sense, play more guys. Um, he's traditionally done that. Uh, I think he'd like to play even some extended defense up the floor and be able to do some pressing and things that they've done at Georgia State. I just I don't think that they're there yet, and there's so many new guys uh, trying to build a strong unit that can compete in a game like Dayton. Uh, on the road consistently. I think that rotation of starters is going to continue to have heavy minutes and then slowly but surely try to bring guys off the bench, uh, bring them along. So I think the depth is not something you'll see a ton of. But Coach will tell you this. I mean, in practice, the guys on the that are on the bench is kind of the red team more or less in practice. Um, they win more than the blue team does, uh, and largely because in his estimation and evaluation, they play – more the right way of sharing the ball, competing, diving on loose balls, and kind of doing the winning plays. They just don't have the same um, 
level of talent at this point uh, that the starters have, but the starters have done a good job with on individual plays, but it's just kind of making that collective group understand, okay, you know, you've played a role at this school that was really big. You used to play this role. You were a five-star McDonald's American high school, and everybody's trying to kind of find their way, not in a selfish way, but just trying to figure out how can I be the best version of me and then how does that fit with this guy next to me. So it's definitely a work in progress. Uh, I think, again, they'll show some great flashes and they have the ability and they're, they're bought in the coach. It's just part of it. They're just going to have to do it when the lights come on and see the ball go in. And then all of a sudden, if you see a Samuel Williamson get going and have a monster night, some of it is he has the ability to do it. He played at Louisville and uh, put up some good numbers at times at Louisville. So he has it in him. Uh, it's just a matter of him seeing it happen when the lights come on so that next switch can click in his mind or in some of these young men's mind to be able to say, okay, I can do it now at SMU in this particular game and then just kind of ride that confidence wave. Finishing up right now with Brian Burton giving us a perspective of the SMU team before tip-off here on the Talking Out Loud live pregame show. Brian, as we finish up, and, and uh, this great insight so far leads it to the last question I have for you. With this team being young, inexperienced, figuring themselves out one game at a time right now, and that's what the non-con is for, it really feels like SMU put this game on the schedule intentionally so they had a real test right out of the gate. Does it feel like that to you too? Yeah, I think Ozanir and staff was really strategic and, you know, wanting to put – they want to play for championships. They want to play for NCAA tournament bid just like Dayton does. So – uh, they may not be exactly where they'd like to be now, but they want to be able to have those reference points in the season and those tests in the season where you can say, hey, this is what it's supposed to look like, and this is what we're capable of against one of the best teams. And naturally, you want to give yourself a chance to uh, maybe the stars align just right and they can put it together on the second game of the season. It's not necessarily uh, what I think they would be planning for, but I think obviously they're preparing for that, if that makes sense. So. Uh, I don't think they plan this game thinking, hey, we're going to go in there and get this win for sure by any means because any road game is hard to get. But I do think, you know, the measure of where they want to go is top 25, just like where Dayton is, NCAA tournament team, and then at-large conversation or being able to get an auto bid from winning the tournament. So those are the type of scheduling that they want to be more aggressive in, and I think that's kind of a sign as to things to come for what this SMU program wants to be about going forward. Absolutely. I appreciate all the insight, Brian. Thanks again for joining us here on the show. We're going to have to do it again next year when the Flyers return down to Dallas. Yeah, I would love to do it again and uh, look forward to watching the game tonight. It's going to be a fun one. We're, uh, looking forward to going over it. That's Coach Brian Burden, part of the SMU broadcast team. We're going to go to break on the other side. We're going to wrap it up, bring it all the way home, and get you ready for UD against SMU at 7 o'clock. This is Talking Out Loud Live pregame show here at Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street right here on 1410 ESPN Radio in Dayton. ESPN 1410, Wing AM, weather. The mid-afternoon and early evening will be cloudy with rain, a high near 62. Tonight's going to be mostly cloudy, a low near 35. And tomorrow is going to be cloudy with rain and some flurries, a high near 42. I'm Pete Spivak for 1410 ESPN Radio. Why wait to save? Dell Technologies Black Friday event arrives early with select deals on top tech to power business productivity. The savings start now with up to 48% off performance business PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. 
Don't forget special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, including free shipping on everything. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL for Black Friday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. We are racing at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. Catch the excitement Tuesday through Saturday afternoons. Post time is 4 p.m. Be there this Saturday for your chance to win one of five big screen televisions, Roku sticks with subscriptions to Racetrack Television Network, and gift cards to the Skybox Restaurant. That's this Saturday at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. Post time is 4 p.m. Be a winner at Hollywood Dayton Raceway. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. Hi, this is Eddie Sorrell, Body Shop Manager at Jermaine Honda of Beaver Creek. Our technicians have over 125 years of total experience. That means we can repair your vehicle correctly and efficiently. So when you need a dependable body shop, we're here. And we repair all makes and models with new state-of-the-art equipment to get you back on the road quickly. Plus, we offer loaner cars during service and free estimates. Stop by and see us. Jermaine Honda of Beaver Creek, State Route 35, just east of 675 between Xenia and Beaver Creek. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1 800 L I N Z E S S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Right now at Wendy's, enjoy the $3 breakfast deal. Choose between the bacon or sausage, egg and Swiss croissant, and get a small seasoned potatoes for just $3. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Hey, everybody, it's Stephen A. Smith, and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan and a Browns fan? Good Lord have mercy. I don't know what the hell to do with y'all. I really don't. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash. Weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. on 1410 ESPN Radio. 
Whether you're at home, at work, or in your car, tune in to ESPN 1410 Wing AM or stream us live at wingam.com. We now send you back to Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street for more of the Talking Out Loud pregame show, hosted by Sully. Last 10 minutes, thanks for sticking around. Talking Out Loud live pregame show here from Timothy's Bar and Grill on Brown Street. iHeartRadio and 1410 ESPN Radio is where you can find us. Last 10 minutes, we always go through predictions for the game. We get you ready for the betting lines. Maybe get those last-minute bets in, which it's not illegal here yet in Ohio, right? You guys got a couple more bets. Not yet. January 1. Okay, it's coming. All right, but you still have you still have your ways to, to get your bets in if you're so inclined. Um, update we got uh, around the commercial break right before we got back. Looks like Kobe Bray has a jersey on, warming up. Uh, you know, Drew, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but generally speaking, you don't get dressed to play unless you have an intention to do so. Uh, that tells me that he's planning on getting onto the floor tonight, and that will be some much-needed depth. God willing, we really God do. Uh, just having a third guard that's capable, um, you know, that, that allows Elvis to play the point or be off the ball. You have another guy who can stretch the floor and, and give you a, a three ball. Just so much that, that he gives the lineup as a sixth man, and that's obviously why, um, you know, he, he was such a quality sixth man last year. So I, I think it's just one of those situations where you, you don't necessarily realize the impact that each individual guy has until they come off the floor. Um, but I would say... If we look at the team, you know, as a whole, Malachi is probably the most important guy that, that can't lose minutes, that can't lose time, can't lose games, right? Um, lose games, I mean, not playing them. And I think just for the simple fact that it is, you're seeing it right now, it's really hard to replace your guy that runs the point, has the ball in his hands the most. I think Duran's going to be one of those guys that probably um, feels the most negative impacts from that. You did see flashes of that on Monday where it was it had trouble getting him the ball in the post, whether that was him sealing off or the ball actually getting down there. You know, it doesn't matter. It was just tough to get him the ball. And when he's not playing with the guy that he's most comfortable with, there's just going to be a trickle-down effect. And I, I think – Again, tonight, what I'm looking for is how do they manage that? How do those next, you know, the next man up, how does that play out for Dayton uh, in relation to their guard depth? That's right. And, you know, Tamani Kamara wasn't quite uh, as aggressive as he was last year in the last game. Uh, he only had six points, all of them on dunks. So, but he did a great job cleaning up the glass. He had 11 boards, which has led the team. Uh, so look for Tamani Kamara to be a little more uh, active tonight as well. Indeed, as we're going through the roster, kind of breaking it down, getting you ready for the game, uh, we said this on the Rapid Reaction, and again, if you, you don't know where to find us, talking out L-O-W-D, wherever you listen to podcasts, we put out at least one or two shows every single week for your listening pleasure. Um, but we talked about on the Rapid Reaction after the Lindenwood game, Drew, that we have a glue guy. Minute one, night one, game one, we got the glue guy. You know who I'm talking about. R.J. Blakeney, a guy that... Our, I, guy I had circled before the season to become that guy, and it looked like he is becoming that guy based off the evidence of game one. Hopefully he can continue that. You know, I see RJ. I don't think he, he gets enough uh, pub for how many things he brings to the lineup. That's why he's your perfect glue guy. Exactly. You know, he, right. He's not going to be the MVP. He's not the guy that you're going to expect to score the most points every night. He does everything else. That's your guy. That's the glue guy. And, and dare I say this, he looks like a combination between Mike Sell and Landers. He does. Because he's got the length that Mike Sell has, not necessarily the bowling ball frame, get down low, banging around like Trey Landers does, but he can step out and hit the three. 
and he gives you a lot of those intangibles, hustle play, he rebounds. Good defender. And he can dunk it on your head. That's abs- that is absolutely right. That's great what I'm athlete, great athlete. Uh, so keep looking for positive things from RJ tonight as well. All right, Drew, we talked about our keys to the game. Um, let's talk what you're looking for here tonight, and then give me a prediction on, on the betting lines here. Because it started at 13, now it's down to 11. That might be a little bit more enticing for people out there's there some, on the road. There's some sharps out in Las Vegas putting some money on the Mustangs tonight. But that's right, game currently Dayton minus 11 and a half, over under 132 and a half. Very tantalizing over under number there. Uh, like as you. far as my prediction goes, my player of the game tonight, I think Deron Holmes kind of imposes his will tonight. Makes those bunnies that he missed on Monday. So look for Duran to have a big night tonight. And as far as my prediction goes, I'm going to go with Dayton 74, SMU 60. I think the game's close throughout. I think Dayton pulls away late. And for those of you doing a quick math, that would be the over in Dayton covering. Just so, barely. Just That's barely. how you get dicey around here, all right? Spreads and totals are always real close. Um, and, you know, night one was no different. The spread opened to 28. I think it closed to 31. And the difference in the game was 27. Um, how how the hell do you understand or how you determine that against Lindenwood? I'll just never know. That's why the buildings are big. Yep. Uh, I'm looking through the SMU roster just quickly here, Drew, and I'm not going to say they're undersized, but Dayton definitely has the length uh, to take this team to task and win comfortably. I think – I hate, I hate giving predictions in games like this because I, this is really like an eyes wide open game for me. Like I'm kind of going in and seeing what this team does when the level of competition is considerably better. I mean, we're not talking about going from a Fordham game to a VCU game. We're, we're talking about Lindenwood to a team that's going to play in the American. And whether or not SMU is going to be a great team this year, I think we've kind of described already that, and you just heard uh, the coach Brian Burton on the last segment saying this is a young team. They're still getting it figured out, and frankly, they scheduled this game so that this young team can see what a raucous environment is like and what it's like to play a top 25 team. And frankly, that's what Dayton is right now, and that's how they're going to be treated in all their games moving forward is the team to beat in the A-10 and one of the top 40 teams in the country, if not being in the top 25 all season. So I think there's something to be said for that because – you know, we're going to get raucous because we don't get a lot of these games in the non-con, but that's kind of the purpose of why you put these on the schedule if you're looking at it from the other side of the fence with SMU. Put this game on the schedule because they want to give these young guys a real test. That's what they're going to get tonight. I saw pictures on Twitter just a couple of minutes ago at Sully My Good Name is my Twitter handle if you want to go ahead over there and follow me if you don't already, but a lot of students were sending me pictures two and a half hours before the game. They were lining up outside UD Arena for the old first come, first serve, so it will be a raucous environment tonight. You don't get a whole lot of games here when the students are around and it's a big non-conference game, so like I said to start the show and we're coming full circle is this game probably wouldn't mean a lot to people uh, around the country, but we're not most people. This We're, is just not every market. We are know? not, and it means a lot to the folks right around here. It does, and, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, this is the first test for the Flyers, first test for SMU, so we're going to learn a lot about this team tonight. Um, but I think, you know, you were spot on. The things that we need to be looking for tonight is the Stars playing like the Stars. If you're going to be out your point guard, Deron Holmes needs to be the leading scorer. RJ needs to be doing the dirty work, and everything else scoring-wise down low has got to go through Kamara. Can Kamara step out and hit some long balls tonight? Can RJ Blakeney do the same? Um, I think a lot of how this game transpires is going to be dictated by what happens early on with the outside shooting because SMU is either going to respect that three-point line or they're going to be able to pack it in a little bit and, and hope the Flyers stay cold like they were on Monday night shooting 26%. So 
again, eyes wide open game for me tonight is that because we don't have a large sample set to judge on, it's hard to say, well, they've done this and done that, and I hope they can clean this up and that. But even the things that they didn't do well on Monday night against Lindenwood, uh, that's not necessarily things that are going to be transferable to SMU uh, because of the level of competition and because of the personnel that they're putting on the floor. Uh, I think this team, much like last year, they're going to look completely different probably by the time they play Wyoming in December even. I mean, not, you know, a month later, they're going to look completely different. So um, it's going to be a, a game that we have to get out of the way. We have to put it in the win column. It's a, you know, I'm not going to say must win, but it really does. It feels like a must win sure game. sure help. Yeah, it feels like a must win game tonight. Uh, if SMU was projected to be at the top of the American Conference, I think I'd have a different feeling about this, but they're not. I mean, this is not an NCAA tournament team that we're talking about right now. Wyoming will be in a month. Here it, it uh, uh, this Friday night game. This is this is not an NCAA tournament team. That's why the line's thirteen. That's yeah. right. That's right. Hopefully uh, they're going to come out fired up, get out of the get it, get out and going early, and cruise on from there. That is the hope. Uh, thanks for sticking around all the way towards the end of the show here. This is the Talking Out Loud live pregame show from Tim's. If you're driving into the game and listening to this on iHeartRadio, we salute you. You can find us every single week breaking down the games. We do rapid reactions after almost every game. We're getting fairly consistent with that. Um, and that is at Talking Out Loud, L-O-W-D, wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Drew, you taking the spread tonight? 13 I am. and a half? I am. You're doing it. Dayton 74, SMU 60. Okay, yeah. So you're, you're just – you put the prediction down, but not often do people put their money where their mouth is with those predictions. Oh, I'm uh, – that rest assured. You're there all will in. be financial investment you're, into this one. You're all in. You're all in. Uh, I'm fired up to, to see a full student section. I know, you know, getting, getting the arena full for Lindenwood for students is one thing, but – Getting the students lubricated for a Friday night game against an American Conference opponent is a completely different beast. And so that's what I'm looking forward to is having a very lively student section ready to go uh, and cheering on the Flyers. I'm told and uh, social media will tell you that all the students get a light blue uniform to go along with the light blue jerseys that Dayton is going to be uh, revealing tonight. They already revealed them, but we're going to see them in person, which is cool because we have been banging down Really, like, we've been banging this down for years where we're like, years. we want the light blue jerseys back. And now all of a sudden, like all this 90s stuff is cool again. Yep. You know, like the baggy jeans, like the platform sneakers, those are all cool. Starter jackets are back in. So sure enough, we get light blue jerseys. That's so, right. It just what goes around comes around. So, so this is a night for you, for us, all the fans, for the students, anybody out there that asked for the light blue jerseys, you got them. You're going to see them. Now you got to win in them. Exactly. Head on over. That'll do it for us. UD Arena, 7 o'clock, half hour from now. They're going to be tipping the ball off between the Flyers and the Mustangs. We thank you for joining us here on ESPN Radio or in person at Tim's or if you're on iHeartRadio. Thank you for joining the show for the full 90 minutes. I am Sully. He is Drew. We are the Talking Out Loud live pregame show where there are two rules. Tell them what they are, Drew. Wear Columbia blue and be loud. Tonight, that's true. Wear Columbia blue and be loud. We'll catch you next time.